Hi everyone, I'm Heaven. I'm Tracy. And welcome to another round with Heaven and Tracy. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> nice, Tracy, nice. It I'm gonna like work on it. You're I'm running from a tiny bear. <laughs> no, I'm running towards the um, uh, podcast uh -huh, uh -huh. table. Yes. Excitement and yeah. I can't wait. We're so excited for the show today, guys. <laughs> We're drinking mimosas because it's early. Maybe it's early. I don't know classy. what time it is. Yeah, we're in LA and we have no fucking idea what time it is. Nope. Maybe it's three. Maybe it's not. Everything in LA is weird. We'll talk oh about it later. Oh my god. <laughs> this is a foreign planet. It really this is. This is a very strange place. What, what we, we got? got? What we got? Oh, okay. Uh, we have <laughs> my new reoccurring segment. Is this real life? So excited. Where I talk about things that don't seem like they're real life, mm -hmm. which is a lot of things. There are I so many come things. A million things, man. I'm just. This is, this, you made this yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. You just put some words together and said this is true. I wish not. I came up with the things I have for you today. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> and then we're bringing back Tracy's joke time. Tracy's joke time. The people demanded it. Got tired They were kind of loud about it. on Twitter. <laughs> yeah. So I'm telling you another people joke. People be saying Tracy threats they can't come up with jokes. Yo, sir. Listen, do better. Do better I in your own life. another <laughs> joke. Get your own it's gonna be me and you. But Tracy's very generous. I hear you. She's You're welcome generous. in advance. It's gonna be great. <laughs> and then we're interviewing Alexis Wilkinson. Yay! We're so hype about it. You might have heard about her because she made news last year for being the first black woman in charge, elected president of the Harvard Lampoon, which is important. Harvard Lampoon, as you might imagine, very white. <laughs> and she's also a writer on Veep. You know how much I love Veep. I'm Hello, so hype. I'm so hype. Also, I would like to point out that she just did the most graceful bankhead bounce when we announced it. Oh my now. God. Yes. We yeah, love y'all. I am so excited for this story I found for you. <laughs> oh my gosh. I'm still not over the, the sagging pant of last edition. <laughs> we will never forget the sagging pants. <laughs> okay, so as you all know, Is This Real Life is a segment where we question reality collectively. Uh, it is for situations where you're like, did I read that right? Am I in the correct universe, the right timeline? <laughs> Is this the planet Earth that we share together? <laughs> All right, so our first story comes from Pleasant Grove, Utah. Oh, so you no. already know it's about Utah. to be white as fuck. <laughs> okay, so a mom in Pleasant Grove says her daughter Casey is being quote unquote racially profiled I'm done already. for I'm being finished. white and wearing dreadlocks. Oh. Now, if you're thinking, wow, <laughs> That sentence could not be wider. <laughs> Just stay tuned. There's more. <laughs> so she was reprimanded for wearing the hairstyle in a dress code dispute with her school. But Casey and her mother, Tanya Judd, say she wears them for religious reasons that have to do with her, quote unquote, spiritual journey with the Hindu religion after studying abroad in Guatemala. Oh, my God. She's in the eighth grade, mind you. <laughs> So I'm just gonna read a quote straight from Casey. I guess it's just like representing like me turning over a new leaf and like trying to find myself as the eighth grader. <laughs> so, you know, I'm not gonna, I don't wanna go in on a child's hairstyle. So I'm just gonna play you a clip from the local news story where they interview the mom who was a grown woman in a part of the story. <laughs> I just need you to hear her explain this situation. Eleanor, roll the tape. My daughter is white, and there's other students in the school who happen to be of, you know, other race and ethnicity, and they have hair that can't be combed, and there's never been an issue regarding that before. You know, first of all, there are levels to this. Right. One, <laughs> 
your daughter to not have a spiritual journey in Guatemala <laughs> <laughs> and become Hindu in and the then eighth grade. The very particular sect that has dreadlocks. Right. Like, all right, I'm just gonna call that into question. I'm sorry. <laughs> She's in the eighth grade. <laughs> but second of all, this school is helping you. Because <laughs> if you see them, they are not great. But question though, have there ever been any great white dreadlocks? So that's the thing. I think we can we can make smart arguments. We could talk about history. We could right. talk about context, uh-huh. cultural appropriation, whatever. But my first argument always <laughs> is they don't look good. They don't look good at all. <laughs> they do all. not look good right now. Like they just look like it just. I can't even think of a good metaphor. And you know um, I love using metaphors. I it looks like when one. you were in the sixth grade and you had to do a dissection, and the only thing they'd give you besides like the step up, which is the frog, is the owl pellets. <laughs> Oh my god. And gosh. when you open up the owl pellets, that it's is like white people's dreadlocks. Like <laughs> yes. Such a great reference. That's what it looks like. That was beautiful. Um that was a journey, but thank you. We got there. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that was the first story. The second story is not a local news story, but something I found online. Randomly I was Googling the Great Wall of China because I was As amazed by it. Yep. And I noticed uh, as you Google, on the little side of the Google panel, it says 1,897 reviews, average 4.4. <laughs> so I was like, what do you mean? You can rate Who and review. rated the Great Wall of China, and why does it have an average <laughs> of 4.4? So I was like, mm, you know, this can't be real. Let me, let me investigate. Like the small description Google gives is ancient world wonder that winds for more than 5,000 miles from across China with towers and walkways. So, yeah, ancient world wonder. I'm in already. Let me just read you a snippet of some of these reviews. (laughs) From Jasmine Nelson, three stars. My child... (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) My child almost fell over some stupid people running, so I wouldn't recommend the Great Wall. (laughs) Because they aren't careful enough. (laughs) Dot, dot, dot. But the food was awesome. Smiley face. What? What does that mean? That's why she gave it three stars. So there are like restaurants along the Great Wall of China? You know, a lot of people brought up food. So I got the impression that there were like a lot of stands or like, you huh. know, a little cart situation. Okay. Brad Limone. Oh my God. <laughs> One star. Food here sucks. Line way too long. <laughs> <laughs> so that was his review of the Great Wall of China. Oh my God. Okay, there's so much more. Let me not drink while you read these. No, please. You should not have water in your mouth. <laughs> R. Casper, one star. It was okay, but the walking, dot, 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 <laughs> ew. <laughs> no, so this is the Great Wall of the China's Great fault. Wall and was like, you know what? I'm walking too much. I did not anticipate this Great Wall, including <laughs> this, 5, this many steps. This 5,000 plus mile long wall. Max Thompson, one star. I had a, all, all caps, amazing time in China. The Great Wall of China was my favorite thing that I saw. So my so much nature and rocks, just stepping foot on history was a true life-saving experience. I had the best time of my life in China. Awesome. All caps, food was awful. <laughs> <laughs> the view was terrible, and I almost fell off. Plot twist, huh? <laughs> oh my God. From Deacon Lee, who looks like he's about nine years old. Two oh stars. The Great Wall of China is too damaged. When it's fixed, I will come again. <laughs> <laughs> I feel like nobody understands what the Great Wall is or like oh what my the God. point of seeing it so is. I'm, I'm reading some of the best ones. There were some that were like great history that I found yeah. and amazing and uh-huh. true world wonder. So, you know, I don't want to I don't want to <laughs> discredit the real people <laughs> These are great who, though. who appreciated it. Chris Canales, two stars. 
It was okay. The service was terrible, and the walk was a bit rocky and too long for my liking. Some good sights, but the stuff, but the staff was rude and didn't speak English. Oh my God! How <laughs> dare they not speak English? Also, he it's spelled too wrong show. in this review. <laughs> Sir, you barely speak English. <laughs> and then my personal favorite from Andy Crawford, one star. Why is there opening times? It's a wall. <laughs> yeah, that's a good question, though. <laughs> How you gonna close the wall? How are you gonna close the wall? <laughs> he was so fed up. He's like, one star. How dare you tell me what time to come to this wall? Oh my God. And that concludes this. this oh my God. If for some reason you were just joining us, on this spiritual journey that we call another round. Okay. <laughs> um, I occasionally like to tell a joke. Oh, Tracy's joke time. Um, so it's Tracy's joke time. In each of my jokes, there's a Bob and there's a Jerome. Always. But this time, there's only one male entity in the joke. So Ooh, today, right. I know, we got to get a little fancy. Already. So there's a Jerome and a Bobby Joe. A Bobby Joe? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. She's country. I don't know. Whatever. So this is looking. <laughs> She's out, guys. We've already lost Tracy. No, I can do it. I believe it. I can do it. So this little boy is 10 years old, right? Little boy's name is Jerome. Okay. I'm listening. Jerome walks to the local cat house. Okay. All right. And with him on a string, he has a dead frog. So he's walking down the street and the frog is following him and it's making like this little plop noise. Plop, 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 <laughs> plop. So he gets to the cat house and he walks up the stairs with the frog on the string behind him. Plop, 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 plop. Right. Shout out to my sound effects, by the way. So yes, he gets to the, <laughs> he gets to the the up the upstairs. He rings the doorbell, and the madam of the cat house answers. Mm-hmm. She's very surprised to find a ten year old boy at the cat house. She's like, um, "Are you lost?" And her name is Bobby Joe. <laughs> okay. So she's like, "Are you lost? Are you in trouble? Do you need help? Can I do something?" And he's like, "Yeah, I need." Wait, I don't know what a cat house is. Heaven. I'm sorry. <laughs> I was like, "Where are we? Why is there a ten year old? Why is that weird?" <laughs> So a cat house is I'm basically. I'm gathering it's a. It's a brothel. A brothel. Okay, yes. I'm following. I'm following. Housed with. You know, um, I'm five. <laughs> I know. It's it's beautiful. So okay, I'm listening. So at he a goes at a brothel. Yes, he's like, I need a woman of the night. Uh. <laughs> She's like, why? What do you mean? He was like, yeah, I need one, and I would. She needs to have like some kind of like disease. She needs to have an STD. Excuse me. And the woman's like, okay, we need to have a, a conversation <laughs> yeah. about everything that led you here yes, with this request places. at this moment. So she brings him into the parlor and she's like, okay, now what, <laughs> what are you doing here? Why do you want a lady of the night that has like <laughs> VD? What are you doing? He was like, well, I need to catch a disease so that I can go home to my babysitter. I'm going to seduce her. Once my parents are out, just like they do in the movies. And she's like, oh, my God. She oh my is scandalized. God. She's like, you're 10 years old. What do you know about this? She was like, oh, see the moves all the time. It's fine. No problem. I got this. And so she's like, okay, well, what happens when you give the babysitter this disease? And he's like, well, when my mom leaves and when I'm at school, my dad's going to sleep with the babysitter and then he'll get the disease. Oh, my God. And she's like, what are you, where are you going with <laughs> Jesus Christ. Where are you going with this? <laughs> he's like, well, then my dad's going to sleep with my mom and then she'll get the disease. And she's just like, oh my God. Oh my God. Oh, oh my, my God. God. That's conniving. Yeah. And then he's like, no, 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 let me finish. Let me finish. And then she's like, um, then when my dad is gone, my mom is going to sleep with the mailman and then he'll get the disease. <gasps> and the woman's listening and waiting for him to continue and he just stops. And she's like, so then what happens? <laughs> and he's like, that's it. The mailman just gets the disease. 
And then she's like, why do you want the mailman to get a disease? And he says, because that's the motherfucker who killed my frog. <laughs> oh my God, I feel like this kid is you, Tracy. <laughs> I love that like patient and diabolical the kid is because that could take a long time, yeah, right? That's a, I don't know how long it takes symptoms to like... That's a Wow. We're so thrilled to have Alexis Wilkinson on the show. As I said, she's a writer on Veep. Y'all know how I feel about that show. Yes. And just generally, super funny person, criminally underfollowed person on Twitter. I would add, criminally underfollowed. <laughs> Welcome oh to the God, show, Alexis. Thank you so much. That means so much to me that you appreciate my social media presence. Oh my God, it's, it's so hard good, to guys. Be good at Twitter. I try very hard. <laughs> yeah, everyone oh. follow me. <laughs> That's a good message for this um, podcast. We like to ask all our guests, "What do you do and why?" Well, I do comedy. I write it. I create it in other capacities. Sometimes perform it, and I do that because. I don't know. I have low self-esteem. I don't know. <laughs> I, I guess I do because I like to tell stories. I like to make people laugh. I, I'm i decent at it, which is more than I can say for most activities. If I knew why I did comedy, I could save a lot of money on a therapist. I don't know why <laughs> I do it. I just do it. That's um, a fair answer. Yeah. <laughs> You're allowed to not know why you do things. I want everyone to get to know you a little bit. Where are you from? Like, What was like your comedy interest like when you were younger? Mm-hmm. Um, okay, so I'm from Wisconsin. Okay, what? Um, yeah, the Black most flyover of the flyover states. <laughs> yeah, we all live in the same 30 mile radius. Um, <laughs> and we all know each other, and half of them are my family. Uh, <laughs> so heads up to them. And Milwaukee specifically, um, which at some point was both the drunkest city in America by yes. DUIs and also oh, the most segregated Jesus. city in America. Oh my God. Sorry, South. <laughs> um, so as far as comedy interest goes, I wasn't thinking about comedy really at all. Like I enjoyed comedy, yeah, yeah. but I didn't know it was a job that people had, <laughs> you know, like real, it's not real. a real thing. I knew yeah. that like, oh, there are credits and there are names there, but they don't. <laughs> You know, like people right. in TV just right, make right. things and they just come up like it doesn't it's so separate from anything that's in my life, like beer, cheese or yeah. I don't know, <laughs> beer and cheese. Yeah, that's it. Uh, <laughs> <Johnson>. <laughs> yeah, that's it. That's really nothing else. Um, like so my dad was a chemist mm -hmm. and did chemistry for Miller the beer company nice. uh, and uh, my mom was a computer engineer so I was a big math science nerd I had glasses Aww. I was a, a mess and I Aww. thought I really looked cute too um, which is always what you think when I you know. look back you always Whatever. are like oh I thought I was killing I was, like, it killing the game right I was like oh like, my no. scrunchie matched my shoelaces I was yes. like fuck yes. you can't yes. fuck with me the oh, color man. coordination it's all purple bitch it's all purple <laughs> you know okay so how did you get from um, your town in Wisconsin to Harvard like what was that like? Did you know you're gonna get into Harvard? No, no. Any, I, I know people who I guess say like, oh, I only applied to two schools, Harvard and Yale or whatever. Oh, I applied to 17 schools. Nice. Mm. Um, I applied to probably like 15. No, that's, <laughs> so that's just like, well, what is, if I don't get into that one? Right. What if I don't get right. into that I was just throwing pasta at the wall, man. Yeah. See what sticks. I need, like, I need safety schools for my safety schools. Right, right. Back <laughs> up to the back. I had like levels. I had color coordinated. Yeah, I had a yeah. whole spreadsheet mm. like yeah. going on. It was intense. 
Also, I want to know, like, what was the moment where you get the letter and you find out that you've been accepted to Harvard? Like, yeah. what did also, that Also, I applied like? to Harvard and I didn't get in, guys. I can't imagine having enough confidence to be like, yeah, I'm going to apply to Harvard. I'd just be like, why do I want that It's Harvard? not confidence, it's delusion. Yeah. This is what it is. I would have liked either. <laughs> but then you got in. You got <laughs> in. Like, nah. yeah, yeah, so yeah, what was yeah. it like? Like, you get the, the notice. What did they feel like? So, actually, I you can get like likely letters to school and stuff and so i basically got a likely letter so i knew way before i thought i would knew yeah. and it was sort of around maybe january or something we might have been on christmas break they don't really tell that many people about those also what's a likely letter i don't know what that i is. also got one of those everybody finds out like what march first april april 1st? april yeah and they send you a letter like maybe february to get you to be interested in them but also to convey that they're interested in you it's very so odd it's very vaguely worded like Keep up the good work. We like what you're doing. <laughs> it's it's, it's like, flirty. It's weirdly yeah. flirty. So it's just, just a lot like, of yeah. winking. What does this mean? <laughs> so and it's it, kind of like if this process was The Bachelor, like you get a rose, but it doesn't mean you're going to win. Right, right. I mean, but it, mm. even like, a rose signals too much. I think this isn't that so it's strong. it's less than a rose. I, I don't know. I think if they give you, at least from what I, because when, so when I got this likely call, I got a mm. phone call. I, I remember asking lady, call. I was like, what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> like, what do you like, don't play these games with yeah, me, bitch. Yeah. Like, Say in my inner concrete. Like, don't call up my phone <laughs> on the weekend. Awful. Play some fucking games on my home phone, on my landline. Like, bitch, please. I don't. <laughs> on the weekend. I'm like, That's I'm in my pajamas. I'm like, I didn't even, what? Nobody needs this. <laughs> I don't need this. I was like, what are you saying? <laughs> Crystallize yeah, yeah. what you're saying. Um, and, and so I was in my pajamas on a Sunday. It was February, whatever, Wisconsin. It's cold as a bitch. Oh, no. um, and my sister, and, you know, this is my landline or whatever, rings. And my sister comes into my room. And she has the phone. She goes, Alexis, Harvard's on the phone. <laughs> and it's like, you know, because it popped up Harvard University. And I was like, okay. The fuck? Like, what do they want? I was pretty confident I didn't fudge my extracurriculars or anything. So I knew I'm like, oh, God, this is one. I am black. Like, it's in a verification call, is it? Like, because I am. <laughs> oh uh, so I, I answered the phone. And she was like, oh, we just wanted to say we really like your application. And we were really impressed. And I was like, uh, Okay, so, <laughs> yes. so right. like, and so I was just I, I asked something saying you know what does that mean like what and she's like well you know it's we're we're probably gonna offer you admission and I was like so you're saying like she wouldn't say like, you are offered admission yeah. but she said pretty much like as long as you don't flunk out of school or yeah, yeah yeah and and so I got that phone call and I hung up the phone and. Rachel, my sister was just, my sister Rachel was just standing there like, and she said, oh, well, what did they say? What's going on? I said, I think I got in. I don't know. It's it, what's going on. And so at the time, my mom wasn't home. So my senior year, my mom moved to Louisiana. And so it was just me and my sister in our house. Wow. Um, and so I had to like, call her and try to Wait, get- Wait, what do you mean? You just lived together? Yeah, I was 18. I turned 18. I mean, I have an early birthday in October, so mm -hmm. I'd been 18 for oh, the whole wow. year. So. so just like sisters living together? Yeah, I was like oh, a bachelorette so dad. Yeah. Um, and we we're so nerdy, we didn't ever do anything. You know? <laughs> I just wanted to I go to so school. had so many parties. We had two parties, and I had to beg my nerdy friends to have them. They were so Aww. lame. I, and they, they were like, oh, i got to take my brother to soccer practice. So I don't know. And I, I was like, Guys, I have an empty house. <laughs> an empty, it's like, and they're like, oh, what did my parents find out? I said, no one is gonna find out. <laughs> Physically, you could stay there for a week. <laughs> you could die in my house. And no one would find out. Oh my God. Just come over, drink some wine coolers, you lame bitch. And so eventually I managed to convince them to do that twice. And I did kind of get caught because one of my friends left her driver's license in my mom's room, Ugh. which was a very hard oh. thing to explain when she came home. Yeah. You know, she was just hanging out on your bed. Right. I was like, oh, what happened? 
was <laughs> she uh and just her <laughs> wallet spilled right, everywhere she, and there, there was right. no reason for her to be in her room right. every time and you i can't don't explain even, that no i can't and it was her driver's license of all yeah. things no, no, no. god damn you well, she was having bible study in your room right so we were praying to the lord because it's yeah. the best room in the house the master <laughs> and her and she ripped out her out. driver's license she said jesus amen amen praise him praise him my permit. Oh man. Okay. So, Amen. I'm gonna need y'all to get it together. <laughs> Where's that towel? Where's that towel? We get a little hot. Okay. Yes. yes, I got the spirit. Um so you're at Harvard. Did you already know about the lampoon? Was it something you were like from day one you wanted to be a part of? Yes and no. No in the sense of when I got into the school, I did not know that it existed. Mm. And I've said this before, I Googled Harvard Humor Magazine and Lampoon <laughs> came up and I said, okay, I'll try to do that. Mm. But then I was from freshman fall, I did apply like immediately. As what soon is like as the application process? It's tough, it's tough, it's really tough. Um, and as someone who's been on both sides of it, mm. uh, I think anybody on staff will tell you it's, it's tough. And some people say it's the toughest comp which is you know application process for clubs at harvard at harvard it's really difficult and it's a semester long process so like describe what you what it's tough in the sense of you need to produce a lot of comedy Mm. you need to produce a lot of comedy in a very specific format i mean we have rules as far as font size what font you can use you know that it needs to look and be a certain way and for me uh someone who didn't really write comedy ever seriously before and definitely didn't write like i'd done sort of parody onion style whatever stuff for my school Mm. um but I'd never written sort of literary yeah, yeah. absurdist comedy, which is kind of what the Lampoon expects. So it was just sort of learning a whole different style of writing. Um, and you have to sort of submit new pieces every week. We have office hours twice a week. You need to come in, you need to submit your pieces, you need to get them edited. You wait in a long mm. line for people to read your pieces. It's just a slog. And you can go the whole semester and still not get in. Mm, um, and horrible. so... Yeah, it's a it's it's a tough. It takes a certain type of asshole to want to do that. And, you know, I was just the right asshole for that. And so, you know, stubborn and and without too much else to do, nice. uh, and didn't care about my grades. Hey, um, so I did that my freshman fall. Was summarily rejected because my stuff was awful. Uh, I reread it recently. I was like, ooh, girl, girl, pass me. No, why were we writing that? That's terrible. Um, and so I was rejected and I got really emotional about it, of course. And I vowed like, fuck those guys, I'm never doing it again. And then of course I did it immediately the next semester and I got in at the end of that semester. How did you go from there to being president? Getting in freshman year is nice because it makes you one of the most senior people on staff because it usually takes, the average number of tries is between two and three. Oh, okay. Um, and so there was only, I think one other person in my class who was more senior than me who got in this freshman fall, which is mm. very rare. Um, and so that helped, and I kind of took on a, a sort of leadership position the year before. It's the worst position on staff, and so then when you run for president, you're like, guys, remember when I did the worst position on staff? <laughs> oh, yeah. Y'all remember that? And I'm assuming it's all white dudes. For the most part, yeah. I mean, it's it's gotten a when lot. When I hear Harvard comedy. <laughs> when I hear Harvard, period. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, so when I got on staff, I was not the only black person, and then he graduated, so I uh. was. Um, when I got on staff and after that guy graduated, I mean, there was very few women, and there were no females of color, other writers, 
Mm. Yeah. Woo. So of any color. Mm. Um, so <laughs> that's something that we both know a lot about being the only fly in the buttermilk, as I like to say. <laughs> I don't know if it's a southern Raising thing or in not. Raising the oatmeal. <laughs> <laughs> snort again. Snort again. <laughs> she snorted. Uncle Man, guys. I have to feel it in my soul. Um, but speaking of being one of the only black people on the staff, there was an article where you were talking about being elected the first woman, black woman president of the Lampoon, and I want to read you a quote. You said, but I liked writing jokes. And even if I saw things wrong with the place, the way it treated women or people of color, the only way I'd change it was from the inside. How were people of color and women treated? Do you think that during your tenure as president that you helped to change the things wrong with the Lampoon that you saw? I like to think so. The Lampoon is just a reflection of the world outside the Lampoon. Like, I don't think the Lampoon is in any way specifically, you know, disadvantaging people of color any more than disadvantaged in all of Harvard. I mean, we're talking about Harvard. Um, and I remember in one interview, I said something about the Lampoon being a historically racist and sexist organization, and mm. the alums did not like that. Mm. They were not a fan. They're like, listen, black girl, yeah. we were okay with you, but you've crossed How the line. How did you learn about their dissatisfaction? Did they yeah. like call Ooh. you, send you a letter? Uh, no, I mean, we have meetings of the trustee board or whatever, and I kind of Ooh, heard through horrible. the, oh, it's fun, it's fun. <laughs> oh, so much fun. And so I kind of heard them through the grapevine, actually through the president before me, being like, yeah, they didn't like that. They didn't like mm. that too much. I well, was, neither so, did we. Right? <laughs> Thank you. Okay. And also, okay. I'm, I'm, like, I'm like, listen, America is a historically racist and sexist yeah. institution. Yeah, I'm not, so. what am I saying that's different? Like, what, what are you talking about? Harvard is, slaves built this shit. Like, what are we listen, talking about? We right. still have the master's house on <laughs> campus. Don't bring that up. Don't bring that up. What are we talking <laughs> about? Wait, what does right. this mean? Don't don't I'm not making, right. I'm not saying anything that's new to anybody. There's what a master's house on campus? Can we find another oh, word? Yeah, exactly. I'm like, guys, really? The master's house? I'm gonna right. go. I'm gonna go have lunch in the master's house. Really? Oh, oh lord. Just dance on them. There. Sure Here we go. <laughs> it's my big day. I'm too dark to ever done this before. <laughs> yeah, a little shuffle. I show his glass to be in the master's house. Yo, there's nothing white people hate more than when you remind them they once owned people. Oh <laughs> they don't God. like that shit. They don't like that. Their thing is, well, I've never personally owned right, slaves, right. so I don't about? understand. Oh, about? man. Anyways. <laughs> yes, let's, let us refocus. Let us get focus, out of the master's focus. house. So there's this. I'm assuming you've watched 30 Rock. Yeah. So there's this 30 Rock joke about how Twofer. One of the black writers on the show. His name is Twofer. Is a two four one because oh. he's black and from Harvard. Did you feel like Twofer? <laughs> I definitely thought after the election, sort of the the press and stuff that surrounded the election was a complete surprise because I mean the Lampoon is a really private organization. We don't typically mess make the press for any good reasons, <laughs> um, and it was crazy for me because it was. You know, I've sort of got this position and dealing with all the responsibilities of that, and then my roommate had passed away sort of a month after that, and then all this media stuff happened, was happening all at the same time, so it was just a lot yeah, you going wrote, on. Yeah, you wrote an exo-Jane about that, actually. I did. As I was reading it, I mean, that, that was so heartbreaking to read. You were saying basically that this time when I was getting the most press and so many people were excited about everything that I was doing was also one of the most difficult times in my life because my best friend had passed away. Yeah, yeah, it was How really, did you it was really rough. Take care of yourself. Um, or did you take care of yourself? I didn't at first. I think it was it was so hard just because there was so much other stuff going on to focus on the fact that I'm sad. <laughs> you mm. know, and like I really am sad and I don't have to pretend that this didn't happen and yeah. that I'm okay. Myself and three roommates, her being one of them, all lived in a, sort of a quad, you know, whatever dorm situation. And uh, 
she had the walkthrough bedroom. Mm. And so we, and you know, her stuff was everywhere and it was just very sort of emotional to deal with and being in that room all the time. And so of course, people of Harvard, good people they are, were like, oh, we'll get you another room. And so they kind of immediately were like, everybody leave, you know, go down to this other room. And I, because I was so busy and because I think I just didn't really want to accept it, I just didn't leave. And I, I think I'm lucky that my sister, uh, who was at Yale, still was at Yale, she came up and visited sort of shortly thereafter. And I mean, at the time, everyone else, all my other roommates were down in this other room and they kept sending like strapping young Harvard men to my room to help me move my furniture. <laughs> but I wasn't ready. And so they were like, well, just take your stuff out of the furniture and move the furniture. So by the time my sister got there, my room was literally just piles of shit mm. on the floor because mm. I had no big furniture because the strapping young Harvard men had taken it all away. So <laughs> also, I was like, strapping young Harvard men, I'm like, Im- imagining like two dudes in like their bifocals. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, I mean like, like you remember the Winkle vibe from like Social oh, Network? Oh, like, I do. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, you do. Like one, <laughs> you know, you know, like those like big, you know, crew okay, guys. Were like, hey, sad lady, I'm here to take away your dresser. <laughs> I'm into it. <laughs> okay, I'm like, thank you, rich man. <laughs> thank you, rich young man. Please take that dresser away. Um, so they kept sending groups of them over, which you know kind of lifted my spirits for the yeah. moment when I was looking at <laughs> them. Nice to look at. Um, and you know they did take my stuff away, uh, but my sister came. And she found me living, you know, like some sort of hoarder, <laughs> hamster person. And I hadn't washed my hair and I was, feel- I smelled weird. And mm. she was just, you know, pull yourself together, <laughs> woman. Like we are going to, she did all my laundry, Aww. you know, she, and she was like, we're moving into the room that you actually live in. And so she helped me move all of my stuff. Mm. Um, and so I think that was um, having her there. And I think and also in college, just mental health wise, I think in general, it's because these people don't know you it's really hard sometimes for people to tell when something is wrong with you Mm. because they don't know what you're normally like and so i think it took my sister who knows what i'm normally like to say something is wrong you're not okay Mm. this is not how you normally are you know some people are are maybe normally messy or normally sort of i lost a bunch of weight she's like you're too skinny Mm. like what is going on you love to eat why are you not eating (laughs) i know how much you eat like (laughs) this is not normal um and so i think it was just really good to have a family member there who could say you know you take some time and deal with this and also lampoon people particularly uh the vice president when i was president um ellie she was really great about just if i told her hey i need you know today i can't do it for for some reason and mm. i remember over the summer i remember getting like the alert on my phone that it was angel's birthday my roommate Aww. and i just it was really early in the morning of course and i just and it was her 21st birthday would have been and i was just uh, a mess mm. and so I just told her hey I can't do it today can I just can I have the day I just need some time and she said okay and she just took care of everything and she told everyone to leave me alone um, so that great. is so crucial having somebody who like in your gets corner. when you just need like alone yeah. time is just yeah. amazing that was the other hard part was sometimes it's just thinking oh I'm not really up for an interview or something today or really up to do this thing or or whatever and sort of just trying to balance that and the emotional stuff and sort of my responsibilities as president that's the other thing is that i never want anyone to feel that oh our president is too busy flouncing around on msnbc to run this magazine and so just trying to balance all those things it was a very difficult time um, but looking back on it i don't know i think it proved to me that i'm 
way more capable than I thought I was because I honestly thought I'm, I thought I'm not going to make it to the end of this presidency mm-hmm. like it was just too much like I'm going to take a semester off I'm not I'm not going to graduate like I just there's some one of these things is going to mm, fall apart and so right, the fact that right. I actually walked across the stage graduation Yo. and finished my presidency and stuff was just like a major major victory wow. um, in, in my books because I thought there were definitely times where I thought that's not going to happen congratulations I know shit nigga we made it <laughs> yeah it was, it was good it was good alright you finished up at Harvard um, how did you get from there to Veep? The promised oh. land. <laughs> Your first dab out of college, I right? Yeah. So I'm, I'm assuming because the Lampoon is like such a big comedy institution feeder. Yeah. I assume there are mad people hitting you up like, hey. The great thing about the the press and stuff was that it alerted people of my existence. And I started talking to more people and just, I, I think especially with the alums of Lampoon, like there is a really nice network there, but sometimes they they can't keep track of who's graduating or, or, or whatever. So some I remember talking to some, and they're like, oh, you're graduating this year? Like, they thought I either already graduated or wasn't graduating until next year. You know, they can't keep track of people go come and go all the time. And so just alerting them that, hey, no, this is the time right now. Right. Let's do it. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so that's how I got in contact with Dave, who's the new showrunner, my boss. And... I didn't even know he, I didn't know he was working for Veep. I didn't know he was in television at all. Uh, when he asked me to, he's like, oh, just send me some writing samples. If I hear of anything, I'll let you know. So I sent him some stuff. And and so he called me and he said, oh, well, it hasn't been announced yet. I'm taking over Veep. Do you want a job? And Ooh, I was like, oh my I, God. I, it was crazy. It was crazy. I mean, it was like the Harvard call all over again. I was in the dining <laughs> dining hall when he called, like eating with lunch with oh my, my friends. And I was like, yo, one second, guys. And like, I pulled over to a little corner by the juice stand. <laughs> I was like, hello, Dave, what's going on? And he told me all this. And so I hung up the phone and I went back to lunch. And I just sat down and I was being really quiet, which is really unlike me. And so I was just sitting there like, <laughs> and my friends were like, what, what is going on? And I said, I think I just got a job. <laughs> I'm like, what? And I was like, I don't know. And then I went out into the hallway and I called my manager. I'm like, I think I just got a job. He's like, what? And I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> and, and so then, you know, he called HBO and they just figured the whole thing out. And then, you know, did the negotiations or whatever. And, and then within the span of a week, I got to oh move to LA. And, I mean, I graduated on a Thursday and I started That's working crazy. the next Wednesday. Oh my God. So this is a very quick okay, turnaround. So- <laughs> First of all, what is like your day to day like? What do you do at Veep? Sort of how it works now that we're we're almost into production now. Um, as far as scripts go, is that I don't so I don't have an episode that's my own. But what usually will happen is someone who's writing an episode will come to me and say, "Hey, can you write this scene?" So or or sometimes it'll be something like, "Hey, can you give me an alternate a bunch of alternate jokes for this list of jokes?" Mm. And so then I'll sit and I'll just try to bang out alternates for those jokes. So yeah, you know, there's. Right now, there hasn't been a script that's gone by that I haven't had anything in, which is really nice. Mm. And some shows aren't like that. Some shows have showrunners that rewrite everything. They have people who just rewrite everything, so you never really see your own voice. But Word. sort of so far in every episode that we've written, something of mine is in there, whether it's a scene or these group of Yo, lines or this joke. Killing the game. Killing so, the game. <laughs> I'm very excited. Uh, we got some good stuff going on. It's going to be a good season. You talk a lot and pretty frankly about what it's like being in the comedy world. <laughs> Uh. <laughs> um, um, you wrote something for mean? Cosmo uh, <laughs> called A Famous Comedian Assumed I Was Backstage Because I Was Sleeping With oh, Someone. Oh, God, I hate that title. Talk- <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, title? It, it oh, definitely felt like No, a- it was not. <laughs> what is... Damn it, uh, You've guys. also just talked about, in general, like, meeting like famous comedians that you admire that you find out to be, like, are just creepy dudes. It's tough because I think... I was actually literally just talking to one of the writers 
who's worked, I mean, everybody there besides me has worked on a bunch of shows and they have a lot of credits, they know what it's like. I think men and white guys in particular get away with this sort of torture genius, like, Woo-hoo! well, yeah, I'm creepy. It's because Speak I'm so it. smart, I'm so brilliant. But like a woman doesn't get to whip her dick out every five seconds mm. and like have people be like, oh, it's because they're eccentric. <laughs> <laughs> they're just so edgy and creative they're and so genius different. and they're so different and we have to no put up bold. with it because they're a genius. Yeah. Like, you know, there are people who have terrible personalities. And so I think, a lot of shows have this rule where they say, oh, no assholes. Like, I don't care how talented you are. If you're terrible to be around, if you make people feel uncomfortable, I don't want you. And I think definitely on Veep, that's true. Everyone is wonderful. Aww. Everyone is really nice. I, I feel very close to all of them. I feel comfortable around all of them. But I know on some other shows, that's not true. And there are people who, like, everybody acknowledges, like, yeah, he's an asshole. Or, like, yeah, he's super creepy and weird. Yeah. But And then they'll be like, that's just him. Right, that's, right. But, like, women don't, how it is. Women don't get that. Speak on it. <laughs> I'm, I mean, I'm going to be frank about it. You know, you have to sort of just find the balance between, is this a person I can actually deal with? Is this a person who doesn't really know, kind of, that they're coming out that way? Is this a person who's either so rich or so insulated that they Mm. don't understand how they can come off to other people. Or don't care. Yeah, or don't care. And so I think it's just been finding the the happy medium between, you know, there are some people who are talented who are going to be a little difficult to deal with, but are they so difficult to deal with that there's nothing redeeming about them or there's nothing that they don't really don't care enough that if I said, hey, you were making me uncomfortable, they really, you know, would ruin my career over it or something. Mm. That's the that's the balance. Of mine. Jesus Christ. All right. Well, we're gonna move into our fun section. <laughs> yeah, this is uh, this is let's, let's do something uplifting. Yes, here. let's uplift the people. So this is uh, our little section it. we like to call. Pew pew pew. Pew, 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 So that's our rapid fire section. Oh shit! Oh, rapid fire. My reaction time is down. I've had like three of these. Hey, well, nobody. I mean, it's just it's Rapid-ish. not. Nobody is ever, but, you know. ever like rapid. So okay. Right. So I'm ready. Question one: If you could communicate telepathically with squirrels, what would what you the talk hell? about? <laughs> what is this? We like to disarm our uh, guests very early at pew pew pew. I, if I could communicate telepathically with squirrels. And how do you feel about squirrels, like in general? I have a little story I had with a squirrel yes, once. Yes, squirrel story. Squirrel story. <laughs> <laughs> the squirrel's room. I, uh, <laughs> with squirrels. I, my freshman year, I was in my dorm and there's all these, like Harvard Yard squirrels are really bold. They're not afraid of anyone. They'll come and take stuff out of your hands. They'll like mm. sit on your shoulder and be like, well, what's the fuck's up with those nuts? What's going on? <laughs> and you can get, you know, I got roasted nuts out of the subway and there was a squirrel who saw me and obviously somehow knew that I had roasted nuts maybe he could smell them or whatever and like beeline towards me was standing in front of me like literally like what's good what's, what's up? good what's up, what's up and and so I was like oh hey little squirrel and I gave him a nut and he was so excited and he mm-hmm. ran and he like buried it and like mm-hmm. patted it down and then came back see is where he fucked so, up bro but see this is this is a problem I felt bad for him because he kept coming back and the other squirrel saw where he was burying them <gasps> and dug him the fuck up uh, and I was like my dude my dude my squirrel dude they see what you do you need, to, you need better hiding places you out hiring these nuts and, my dude I felt bad I was like dude man you need to put these in your cheeks and run off someplace so, so you could communicate I would tell telepathically you would tell him hey, hey watch your back dude, watch your back squirrel, no dude. New friends, no new friends, no my new squirrel friends. dude. Okay, he's not for you. He's, he's not, not here for you. you. He's here for your fall, my brother. He's here for your that fall. That is an excellent conversation to have with a squirrel. Uh, all right, next okay. question. What is the worst date you've ever been on? 
Ooh. Oh God, where do I start? I feel like you have I so many good stories. I attract psychopaths. Oh my God. <laughs> I don't know what it is about me, but I attract men who like have low credit scores and just don't love themselves or anybody else. Oh my um, gosh. Oh man, I have so many terrible dates. What's God, your favorite terrible date? Oh, let me think. Do you have ooh, a favorite one? Ooh, okay, okay. <laughs> I met a guy, and see, this is this is my problem. I'm the queen of picking up dudes in fast food joints. I once <laughs> went on a date. I Okay, Please wait. I went consistent. on a date I'm with the manager of Qdoba, so he would buy me queso. <laughs> and I got free burritos there for the rest of the fucking year. And I didn't even fuck him. Like, my God, it was amazing. Oh, that is incredible. That is amazing. amazing. No, Put that on your flaws. resume. I know. Flaws. I didn't yeah. even you know, fuck him. I didn't even Still got free burritos. Okay. And some queso. Yeah. Those are goals, Guacamole right? Guacamole extra. Right? Not for me. Like, I, I brought my friends in. It was like, it was on me, bitch. Don't worry about it. <laughs> I came in being like, yeah, queso on that. Queso on that. <laughs> Guacamole. So, anyways, so I did it for the free burritos. I respect the hustle. Uh, yeah, I'm about it. Um, and so, <laughs> I met this guy at like a Tasty Burger, and he had. This is what I shouldn't do. It was a black dude with a skateboard. That's a red flag. It's a red flag. Why mm-hmm. is that a red flag? I don't know. I just not even a regular skateboard. <laughs> he had one of those thick skateboards. You know what I'm saying? Like a little <laughs> what? I don't. It was one of those. The skateboard was too big. Okay. It was too big. Too big. <laughs> oh my god. And I met him, and he gave me his number. Blah. blah. We exchanged numbers, and he's was like, "Was he on oh. the skateboard when you met him?" No, no. He just pulled it out as we were walking and started okay. skating along next to me, and I was like, <laughs> mm, "The skateboard is too big." <laughs> so, anyways. I, it was too big. It was too big. And so so he's kick pushing. He's kick pushing. And uh, we exchange numbers. And he's, oh, you know, I want to make you dinner. Come over to my house. Like, okay. Blah, blah. And I was like, okay, skateboard man. We can be cool with that. And I confirmed with him the day before. We were texting, whatever. And he's like, yeah, come over. He gave me his home address or whatever. I told my friends, you know, I don't really know this man. So I was like, listen, I'm going to go dinner. I ain't going to fuck this guy. So I'm going to be back here. <laughs> so if I'm not back in like a matter of like three, four hours, you mm. call me, you check up on me. Because mm-hmm. maybe he murdered me and put me in his basement. But he's a black dude with a skateboard. They're not that type of crazy. And so <laughs> at the time of the day, I got all dressed up. Like I put on at least $50 worth of cosmetics. Yes. I, you know, I, I showed up at this guy's house. Girls. Why was he not home? (laughs) Why was he not home? So I call him. I say, (laughs) I call him. Straight to voicemail. I call him again. I text him. I'm like, am I at the right house? I see his name on the mailbox. I know this is his house. I can see his family pictures through the fucking window. I'm in his front lawn. Where the fuck he at? So I'm thinking, I think he stood me up at, at his, his house. At his own house. And I'm like, but that was his house. That was your house. I know where you live. I know where you live. I'm like, and I and I said, I think I might have even tweeted this. I'm like, you lucky I didn't steal your mail and shit in your yard because that's what I should have done. But I'm a lady, and so I didn't do that shit. If but I you lucky, I know else. where you live. Oh I could have egged your house or some mm. shit, but I'm classy, so, so classy. I didn't. So yes. I just left. Yes. Could have broke your fucking window. Your stupid family pictures in there. I know it's your house. <laughs> stupid. And then. And then, girls, girls, <laughs> girls, what, 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 what? why did he call me Mm-mm. two hours later? What he called me. So I answer the phone. I'm like, hello? And he goes, oh, hey, what's up? Bitch. <laughs> Don't do that. Why are you so casual? I, I was like, um, what the fuck is up? What is up? Really? What, what is up? What is up? And he said, oh, well, you know, oh, I, sorry, I, I 
wasn't at home. I was at work. Sorry, I got busy. Yep. No. So I just I and I tell him I'm saying so I'm I'm supposed to be okay with it. And he's like, oh, but I'm free now. So mm. I'm supposed to get on what my skateboard and skate <laughs> on over to your fucking house? <laughs> oh, let me just get I mean, some quite obviously and just get <laughs> on over there. <laughs> Motherfucker. Yo. And so I told him, and obviously I was just like, absolutely not. Like, don't call me again. So I hung up on him. And then, of course, my friends, because they're great, they, from one of their other phones, yes. texted yes. a picture of their limp penis to him. <gasps> from like a ran- So now he's got a limp penis on his phone from like a random number in Portland. Yes. That's some limp dick shit you did. Um, roll with me on this one. Mm-hmm. Roll with me. Okay. All right. If you were a dude, how big do you think your dick would be? <laughs> <laughs> Guys, write these questions together. Not, no, I, like, I threw would, in a bunch. We're gonna collaborate. I was not expecting that. We do. We do. Listen, five minutes before we started, Tracy added a million more questions in here. Right. Like I was back here in the corner, like if she had, if she was. Um, so to answer the question, yeah, it's a thing I think about a lot for me. My dick would be big because I'm <laughs> tall and I'm black. Like I would have a big mm. dick. Like I'm damn near six feet tall. I definitely have a big dick. I'm jealous. I think I would. I think I totally Jealous would. of what? Because <laughs> mine would be so small. <laughs> I really think so. I, I don't know why. I'm jealous of the man that you are not. <laughs> like, <laughs> the man that I am not is jealous of the man be. that you are not. <laughs> <laughs> All right, y'all. <laughs> All right. Oh, my goodness. What a day. Ooh, what a life. What a life. So do you want to yes. stick around for rounds? Do you have yeah. a round to buy for someone? Sure. Yay. Sure, yeah. Yeah, let's do some rounds now. Okay. All right. Rounds. Would you like to buy the first round, Heaven? Sure. Okay. So I've been talking with my therapist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> mm-hmm. Lately, I've been talking a lot with her about families, and I realized that I attribute a lot to being an immigrant what could just be my particular family structure. <laughs> I'm just like, you know, it's just immigrant stuff. That awareness is important. It is. And I'm just like more and more I'm thinking about what do I attribute randomly to immigrant stuff versus what I think is just like unique to the people I know. Right. But in general, I want to buy around for immigrant kids because I just feel like we have so much angst. Tell me about immigrant so, kid angst. One of the things I think as an immigrant is like this, there's this, immigrant existential angst that comes from the awareness that your life could have turned out completely differently Mm. arbitrarily Mm. respect i'm not saying other people don't come to that realization for other reasons like Mm -hmm. black people in america come to that realization for a lot of reasons like when people you know are killed by the police arbitrarily (laughs) and they're law-abiding citizens Mm -hmm. you know depressing shit but like i was born in ethiopia but i often think about the person i would have been if my family didn't like all move to america like who would have been like heaven in ethiopia Mm. with the resources we had then and like the people we would have been because it's like every single immigrant adult that i know was like an engineer or a pilot or a Mm -hmm. doctor in their home country and then they come to america and they're taxi drivers and service workers and they have to deal with annoying white people all day (laughs) and like you know that shit i just i just think about like all the alternative timelines of like the people we could have been Like, if you live in a third world country, and I use that phrase because y'all came up with that, not y'all, but they they did. (laughs) Don't put that on me. She didn't come up with that. Part of it is like, there's like a small tiny movement of like uh, ethnic studies people who want to reclaim third world. Mm -hmm. So I I use it for that reason, but also because uh, 
oh y'all want to call us the third world i'm gonna remind you of that every fucking day yeah i'll remember when you called us the third world Mm -hmm. (laughs) like we do not share this fucking planet right oh listen anyways sometimes you just gotta embarrass people sometimes you just gotta embarrass but i really want to give a shout out to immigrant kids because you just grow up with all this angst and this burden of like you cannot think of all the things that could have happened and then like also be a functional human Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know like you're thinking about like oh in a different timeline i would have probably been like a jailed political blogger for having an opinion oh that's cool i'm five Mm. (laughs) why do i know that (laughs) you're not a blog is (laughs) like you just know all the different ways you could have lived and died and it's like your parents are like yeah we traveled 50 miles through a desert to Mm -hmm. get you here it's just like oh word now i have dumb problems (laughs) why why is that happening so it's just like it's such a peculiar angst you are aware of the whims of the universe and it's like there's a lot at stake for you if you're an immigrant kid Anyways, all that is to say, I see you, kids with the angst, immigrant kids. This one's for you. Yay. Round on me. Hey, aw, I love that. I love that. Snaps. Who are you buying around for, Tracy? Um, so two seconds ago, I decided to change the round that I had intended to buy because I feel like this is a little more timely, a little more re- relevant to okay. this trip to LA. I want to buy around for Ross Dress for Less department <laughs> stores. <laughs> Yeah, that's literally the listen. first place we went when it's we got the here. the first place that we went both this trip and <laughs> last amazing. trip. The last time we were yes. in LA, we was like, we got to find a Ross. We got to find, we gotta Ross. find a Ross. <laughs> Ross is amazing. So we had a live show last two nights ago. Seems forever ago. I had nothing to wear. Went into Ross. I'm looking, I'm looking, I'm looking. I'm like, oh, I'm not going to find anything. I quit. As soon as I quit, bam. Olive green jersey dress fit me like, oh, my God. Like, I looked good as shit in that wait, dress wait. to clarify was, she means jersey cotton not a jersey dress yes that's, oh, that's exactly that what is I so, oh my gosh she's like, would not know tracy <laughs> <laughs> jersey thank cotton. you thank you for the assist on that one jersey me and my joy in jersey no but just like jersey fabric and mm. it was just amazing it was 11 dollars no, i also picked up two other dresses because why the fuck not right but what i love most about ross is that you can get any <laughs> Rouse? Oh shit! <laughs> My favorite thing about Ross <laughs> is you can get anything. Like they got the little socks. Obviously, like you get. Yo, like, the first thing I get when I'm at Ross, having got like twenty three pairs I of socks for so five dollars. They're so Where cheap else? and pretty. But Ross, can you do that nowhere? Yes. But like you know, like when you're in line and they just got like all this random ass like, like the knickknacks. Yeah, they got like salt and pepper shakers and like <laughs> yeah. chocolate covered sunflower candles. seeds, <laughs> candles. It's just like you can get any and yeah. everything from Ross. It's so great. Also, I've been telling you about this song forever and ever and ever. I want to see if I can play a little Is bit. Is it a song dedicated to Ross? Just yes, allegedly. girl. Yes. The, the surprise. You wouldn't expect me to say yes. It's amazing. <laughs> the song is called I Got It at Ross. <laughs> Two black dudes just singing about things they got from Ross. I really want to play a little bit. Hey, yo, 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 Will. Already so lit. Man, what the jeans at, man? Dog, I got it at Ross, okay. Yo, 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 where did you get that luggage from, son? Man, you know I got it at Ross. Man, you stunned, dog. I got another question. Where'd you get those non-stick pants at? <laughs> I got it at Ross. Hey. I got it at Ross. Hey. Brand new jeans. I got it at Why Ross. Why is it so lit? Last it's so good. Deals, I got it at Ross. <laughs> Bucks, walk Come out looking like a boss. Okay. Yes. So the song is lit. Ross is lit. My round is for Ross. Shout out to Ross. Shout out to Ross. Shout out to Ross. <laughs> Would you like to buy a round for someone, Alexis? Oh, man. Yes. Um, 
I recently sort of came out of like my my cave to re-enter into politics and paying attention to stuff. And so oh I would like to buy around for Planned Parenthood. Ooh. Okay. Okay. Yay. Because this is some bullshit. <laughs> First of all, I'm First just going to put these like I literally just maybe three weeks ago went to Planned Parenthood to get some birth control because it's cheap and mm-hmm. I can get in there like right away. Right. And had I, if I ha- ever had the need to have an abortion, that's probably what I would go. Mm-hmm. And, and it's just, it's so important for women's health issues and it's so aggravating to me that like the, they're literally about to shut down the government because and also the government doesn't even fund the abortion services like mm. it just drives me crazy like so many women get their only doctor services from Planned Parenthood mm-hmm. and when I went in there it was lit I will tell you that I think my, my practitioner was named Gloria or whatever <laughs> and she was like girl what kind of sex you having <laughs> anal oral vaginal and I was like girl you getting, you getting all of my business she's like I'm sorry this is what the form says I gotta ask <laughs> and, and, and she was doing my weight or whatever and <laughs> And she was like clogging up. She was like, no. <laughs> I was like, it's, girl, me and you both are asking those questions, girl. Gloria, you know. It was lit. It was lit. I loved it. I was like, God damn, Van Verde, I love you so much. And they're just so supportive. And then, and honestly, it's all, like, I've never been in a Planned Parenthood that wasn't almost completely won by women of color. Mm, like, wow. it's, this is some insidious shit. Mm. And it really, really bothers me. So I would like to buy around yes. for Planned Parenthood and all the good Shout they do. And Gloria. Yeah, at the Hollywood Planned Parenthood who hooked me the fuck up. Yes, yes shout out to Gloria. knows all of my sexual history yes. now. <laughs> Gloria, respect, man. Round I think I saw like a, a graph or something somewhere on the internet that said like of all the services that Planned Parenthood provides, only 3% is like abortion services. Yeah. And like everybody knows Planned Parenthood is like the abortion store, mm. which right. is ridiculous. No. It's like, do some Googles. Like, you can find, like, what the truth <laughs> do is. Do a Google, too. <laughs> do a Google or two. Do a Google, oh, everybody. business. And the government doesn't even fund abortions. Like, it's specifically, like, not mandated allowed. Yeah. that it's not allowed. So, like, what are you even arguging about? Like, you're what just mad you at this place. You should not scream for breast cancer, like, women. Right, right. Like, I mean, like, again, right. like, and when I was, I think, either 15 or 16, I got birth control for the first time. Now that I was having this, like, nobody wanted to sex with me as I said I was unattractive and but it was just hopeful thinking wishful thinking you know? yeah. and so I went and that's where I went Planned Parenthood mm. they didn't ask me any questions they gave me a paper bag I shit you not and it wasn't Gloria it was some other girl named like she well, Charisse or whatever I'm like Charisse girl she was like what kind of sex you have a girl I was like no she's like right and and she gave me a paper bag full of like condoms diaphragms you know diaphragms like oh, flavor glue things, things I had never seen before right. and I called it my Planned Parenthood party pack and I kept it with me my freshman year of college and I was like oh you need some Plan B bitch whoop don't yes. worry Alexis got you yes. thank you Plan B you know how many babies you prevented in my dorm room alone? <laughs> Shit. Doing the Lord's work. Look at the you. Lord's Look at work. you. Hey, right. Damn. Yo, thank Shout you so <laughs> much for staying, Listen. buying around, being Can our guests. Can we take you back to New York with us? <laughs> we are, yo, we're so thrilled to have you on the show. Thanks for coming Thank by. you so Blast. much for yes. me. I laughed so, so much. Fun. I slobbered and I wiped up off my lipstick. <laughs> so where so where can the people find your work, Alexis? Ignore Tracy. Um, they should follow me on Twitter. Criminally yes. underfollowed. Criminally underfollowed. Oh God, it's Alexis. Pretty easy to find. <laughs> Um, very professional. <laughs> um, they should follow me on Twitter. They should watch Veep. Watch yes. next season of Everybody Veep. Everybody watch Veep it's with me if you don't watch it already. Let's really talk about it. Really good. I'm really yes. excited for it. Follow her. Watch her work. Watch Veep, yes. Watch her slay. 
thank you every time we finish another episode i'm like oh my god i didn't think this was gonna happen <laughs> we did it heaven we, we did, did it, it again hey. yes um shout out to everybody who made this happen shout out to the pod squad pod squad that is our producer and podcast mommy eleanor kagan yes. with editorial oversight from jenna weiss berman who we miss dearly and with production help from Julia Furlan and Meg Kramer, who we also miss dearly. Shout out to Jean Grey, who has provided us with so many great jam tune uh, songs. You can follow her on Twitter at Jean Greasy. And also shout out to Don Will of the Almighty Tanya Morgan. You can follow him on Twitter at Don Will. That's D-O-N-W-I-L-L. I still have no idea why I spelled that out. Shout out to you, Tracy. Oh, my God. Shout out to Evan. <laughs> Shout out to Ross. Shout out to Ross. Everybody go to Ross. Yes. Go to Ross and get you some motherfucking, um, some Halloween non- decorations. Some non-stick fans. Go to Ross. As usual, you can find me at Heaven Rants. Heaven, like the place I was named after, but don't believe in. Rants, like the only noun. Every episode. Yeah, every episode. I say this every episode-ish. Wow. Rants like the only oh. noun people use to describe yeah. Connie speaking. Um, funny story, Heaven. We were in the car yesterday and you were sleeping. I was talking to my mother on the phone and she made me promise, which I refuse to do, that one, I would ask you why you have not accepted her friend request. <gasps> Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do that. And two, she was like, so is it pronounced Heaven or Heaven? And I was like, so you supposedly listen to the podcast, I right? I went over that. How you, I know. She was like, we've never had this conversation. Anyways, was if like, you're listen. just tuning in and don't know, yeah. it's an immigration typo. Yeah. It's not a good story. I told her the story. She was like, this My parents wanted me to name me Heaven from the Bible. Mm-hmm. The English word Heaven. That's it. They were just like, English nah, is just a hard language, language, y'all. English is, it is a, a hard language. There's a in there. Why is there an A in <laughs> What's going on? What's going on? Yeah, You can follow Yavin. us at yes. anotherround at BuzzFeed.com. Mm-hmm. Um, that's twitter.com slash another round mm-hmm. facebook.com slash another round mm-hmm. buzzfeed.com slash another round yep. we out here and if you want to email us ask for advice another yeah. round at buzzfeed.com we'll give you some awful advice we'll have fun doing we it. will mm-hmm. if you like us rate us very high on itunes if you don't chill out we don't need that <laughs> pretend you've never heard of this <laughs> <laughs> go drink some water hydrate yourself yeah. we'll face hydrate yourself yeah. yes. love yourself a little bit like, yourself. Then you're like, oh, call your mom yoga. yeah take your meds do some Googles. Do your Googles. Do your Googles. Oh, man. This is such a fun this show. This was amazing. Thanks for coming, Alexis. Bye. Bye, y'all. Thank y'all. I felt terrible. You know, I have no nuts left. He was so happy. He was buried all of them. He buried like five nuts. And they all got dug up. They all got dug up. He's going to be the winter time. He's going to starve. He's going to be like, oh, man, I buried so many nuts in the yard, man. He's Woo. like, I'm good. I'm never going to eat forever. Right, right. I've never felt bad for a squirrel. He's going to melt and starve. My dude. My dude. Oh, my God. I'm dead. Oh, the betrayal. I hope he ran back and checked. Oh, like, good cut person. Man. Cut some bad squirrels out of his life. That's what I hope he did. No, no, no. Those are not his friends.